Welcome to Live Truth Podcast, a podcast geared towards helping women to know Jesus, love Jesus, and live truth boldly, which should in turn cause us to glorify God with our lives, think biblically, and be compelled to make disciples. Welcome back to episode 12. I'm your host, Katrika. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, We're speaking with John Mason in this episode regarding gender sexuality and pornography. John shares his testimony of how he came to faith in Christ and also once he was um, in Christ, how the Lord delivered him from the stronghold of pornography. So we also discuss just some of the effects that pornography has and how dangerous it is. And if that's something that you struggle with as a believer, you can be free. So in the show notes, I have provided links that should um, be able to aid you in your struggle against not just pornography, but any kind of sin and also lapses as well. So as always, again, thank you guys for tuning in. And here's the conversation between John and I. All right. Thank you so much, John, for joining me today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. If you will, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Uh, I am. My name is John Mason. Um, I am right now. I am a husband, a father, a husband. We just made 10 years, actually, uh, this past weekend of marriage with my wife, Shanae. Um, And so that's exciting. We have I have five children. um, And uh, I am a minister, a youth minister over at North Dallas Community Bible Fellowship. Um, and so that's why I've been doing that for about a year. And um, I am also a, by corporate wise, uh, in the corporate world, I am a IT consultant slash IT, um, uh, you say, nah, let me say that again. I am an IT, because uh, I want to say consultant, that's how I am, uh, 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 information security analyst okay. is, is, my, uh, is what I did in the corporate world before I came into full-time ministry. And so right now we're in Dallas. I grew up in Houston. Um, and so I've been in Houston my whole life since I was pretty much two years old. And uh, so I'm a Houstonian. I'm a die Houstonian. I don't care. I'm in Dallas right now. <laughs> I am a Houstonian. Um, I am a Texan at heart. Will always be a Texan no matter where I'm staying. I hope I stay in Texas the rest of my life. Okay. But um, yeah, I love Texas. You're in a good state. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's an amazing place to live. Love it. We want to be nowhere else. Um, yeah, in Texas. And so I'm a Texan and um, I'm a techie by heart. As I told you, I'm in IT. So I'm into technical things. I'm also an AV uh, guy. So I'm an audiovisual. That's what I do. Technical things, audiovisual. Been doing that since I was a teenager. So yeah, that's pretty much, uh, that's pretty much me. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, with that being said, how did the Lord save you? Yeah, so um, my salvation story is a little different. So I grew up in church since I was, since we've been in Houston, around three, four years old. I've been at one church, all right, the whole time. Mm-hmm. And at that one church, um, unfortunately, Christ was not preached. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't about Bible, it wasn't about Jesus. It was more, um, I would say, prosperity gospel. Right. Um, but it was more faith naming and claiming type church so i've been in church my whole my whole life so up until about 16 years old um you know i'm i'm working the av like i told you i did av that's what i've been doing and i'm in the back of the sound booth and um i see this guy come in and does something called mind dance mm-hmm. mind dance is basically you put white paint on your face and you're basically uh interpreting a song through dance and um, that caught my attention because I like I'm a dancer and I'm not out there in the front. That's another thing about me. I'm a, I'm a dancer and I've done my dance since I was 16 all up to yeah. 
I don't know, 32 or something like that. So in the last like five years or so, it's kind of slowed down. But um, yes, mime dance also. So that caught my attention when I was a teenager and I, and I loved it. And so um, through him, that guy, um, his name is Teran Dames, he started joining our church. And when he joined our church, he taught, taught me, mom, and a couple other people. And then he had, we had a Bible study. Mm-hmm. So at small Bible study, mind you, this guy is from the Bahamas. He's mm-hmm. not from Houston. He's from an entirely different country. So he just happened to come to our church where the Bible's not being preached, Christ is not being preached, and do a small Bible study. And at that small Bible study covering John chapter 1, verse 1, mm-hmm. um, I was able to come into the revelation of who Christ truly is. Mm-hmm. And I got saved that night. Okay, yeah. and that's my, that was when I was about 17. That's that's pretty much all I got to say. In a nutshell. <laughs> well, that's beautiful. Amen. Yep. Um, wow. And that's that's how most of how most of our lives were, you know, growing up, growing up in church, you know, um, good at being church, but not um, our hearts haven't been regenerated. We weren't born again. Didn't know Christ. All right. Well, this topic of this episode is about um, gender, sexuality. We're going to get into homosexuality, not homosexuality, but um, pornography. And so mm-hmm. the first question I want to ask you is explain to us God's original design for um, gender and sexuality. OK, yeah, absolutely. Um, and just going back to obviously the garden and creation, you got to start there. You got to start in Genesis. And how God basically, uh, through creation, through his work of creation, as he created the whole entire world and all things in it in creation of man, you see him laying a foundation as to where how human beings are to flourish by creating Adam and Eve and then telling them to be fruitful and multiply. And um, through that creation before the curse, that beauty that was brought to them and also the first marriage. Got to put that in there, too. That's the first marriage, you know. Uh, because of this, a man is to leave his mother and his father and mother and cleave to his wife. Right. And so that that gives you the idea and the concept and the foundation of a man and a woman, the flourishing of human society, how they are to have dominion over the world, rule over all things before the curse. And so that is we, we get to to see and actually uh, see the account that God had originally designed for man and woman and mm-hmm. for marriage. And so those roles have now changed because of the curse. So we have a couple of things that shifted after the curse where the man is now to rule over the woman. And then you have the woman and her desire to be after the man. And you got the, you know, the pains of childbirth and all that kind of stuff. So we see those things now being planned out to this day. And so when we, when we take away what that particular foundation and that understanding that God established through the revelation of his word, Mm-hmm. Then now you come up to what we have today, and it's not nothing new. People have been doing this since the beginning of time. But mm-hmm. basically, genders, gender, and um, the roles of gender, and how God established it is easily seen in the in the Word, and mm-hmm. we see that play out throughout Scripture. Even though men are fit, have failed, and because of the curse of sin, and we see failure in that in in that in that realm of men not being men, mm-hmm. uh, you know, men uh, trying to dress like a woman and woman trying. That's going back to the Old Testament. It's nothing new. Right. So we see that in the fall of, you know, a final fall of mankind, but it still doesn't change what God has established. Right. What God established in Genesis gives us that foundation. Mm-hmm. A man is a man. A woman is a woman. Anything outside of that is an abomination. Mm-hmm. And, we, and so if we just go clearly off scripture and what God's revealed, that that's what we end up. Amen. And what are some implications of, um, you know, in society today, if we do not adhere to God's original design. I mean, we go straight to Romans one. 
Um, <laughs> True. Let's just go straight there. You know, uh, the fall of a society, the fall of a country is easily seen there. The suppression of God's truth by by giving over by being given given over to a lust and desire man for a man woman for a woman mm-hmm. we see right here you know and then we also see the gender confusion and um, again like i said a woman want to be a man a man wants to be a woman mm-hmm. that right there is where we end up in a place where the society starts to decay and it's really kind of simple i think we make it more complicated Mm-hmm. Sin is what's driving that, right? And the suppression of God's truth and unrighteousness is what's driving that, right? But we make it more complicated than it is. I just told you that the creation of man, a man was created. Mm-hmm. Then the woman was taken out of the man, created for his support and flourishing to be able to allow a man to be able to flourish and have dominion over the world. Right. That's what the woman was created for. That's literally the design and the purpose of a woman is to support the man, come alongside the man, mm-hmm. right? And then go together, bring forth children, bring forth a legacy and multiply. That's the original design. When we try to degrade that, twist it, pervert it, make it something that is not, then obviously the society is going to decay. It, it can't flourish. There's no way. We can act like this the positive thing and oh we're, you know we're doing something great and we're championing for the you know for the for homosexuality and everything else no you're championing for perversion and the decay of the society it's nothing new happened to the romans happened to other civilizations going to happen to any other country does the same thing and god removes his hand and gives you over to their degrading passions and it, it's a wrap wow wow amen and in, in that, for anyone that may not know, explain what decay is. What, what do you mean by decay? Society. We're just basically talking about the result of sin. The wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, nation after nation throughout the Old Testament to New Testament, mm-hmm. any nation that said, God, we don't need you. We don't need your laws. We don't honor you as the true and living God. We have these gods over here. We worship ourselves. We worship, you know, whatever. Any nation has done it from Old Testament to New has has always ended up in a place where it is destroying itself from within mm-hmm. and that's what you, if you if you pay any attention to what's happening in america i mean right now right. that's literally what's happening destroying itself from within mm-hmm. in the name of justice in the name of yes godliness <laughs> christianity mm-hmm. religion mm-hmm. in that name destroying yeah. itself right right well you summed that up really well <laughs> <laughs> you answered a lot of my questions in that. Let's talk about um, fornication and how normal it is today now. Um, you know, what, what do you say to that? It's, it's the result of the sexual revolution. Uh, when the sexual revolution hit America before it was, you know, the American, you know, faith family, America, you know, founded on those ideals and principles of the family. Once mm-hmm. the sexual revolution hit, which is basically saying that, hey, I want my sex. I don't want nobody to have anything to say about it. And I don't want any stipulations around it. I don't want, if I don't want a family, I don't want a family. I want to have sex with this person. It just is what it is. I want to be homosexual. I want to do that. Don't, don't have anything to say about it. This is my life. You know, let me, let me be free. Let me engage in this uh, desire to have sex with whoever I want, however I want. Mm-hmm. And, and that start that idea in the name of, again, justice or freedom. We would say freedom, which is really slavery and bondage mm-hmm. in a spiritual sense. But in the name of freedom, mm-hmm. I can now go and engage. So what, what's the end result? Uh, STDs, AIDS, uh, end result, millions of abortions, mm-hmm. end result, broken hearts, 
uh, people being distraught, families, broken families, children being raised up without a mother and a father. Uh, I mean, the end result is like this long list of, of literally, like I said, self-destruction mm-hmm. on a society and on a people. But mm-hmm. but you got your sex. You got your freedom. Right. That's, that's, the, that's the exchange, right? Right. Fornication, in a sense, is basically that. It's, 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 it's putting in place, it's replacing the order and the structure that God put in place that allows for flourishing, like I said earlier, and replacing it with self-indulgence and um sexual pleasure that only provides momentary you know pleasure and then just keep repeating over again and you and you remove the spiritual aspect of sex you just you just throw it away you just completely you don't understand it again suppressing the truth and unrighteousness Mm -hmm. you throw that to the side and say give me my sex and so that idea came in through deception obviously through satan that concept and that idea allow for all of us to just say this is the normal now this is the standard now you just have sex with anybody you want use a condom you know use the pill you know all this and contraception we try to make sure that you know because 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 abstinence doesn't work that's what we so not having sex with somebody you're not married to doesn't work that's the mindset we have right now and then of course abortion and also it's just it's a constant play out fornication leads to all these ideas and concepts of destroying the, the Imago day. Right. At the end of the day, right. That's that's basically what's happening. And that answers the question or 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 the response that's always given, you know, um, well, I'm not hurting anybody, you know. Don't work like that. Right. So right. Never just involve just one person. Mm-hmm. Ever. Since mm-hmm. the history of mankind, there's no way you can make sex just about you. It's impossible. Right. You're hurting somebody, including yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's self-deception. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but it's that's that's like I said, they don't see that until you do kind of bring that out. Um, yeah. Then then it's seen um, as far. Let's talk about pornography. I know that I've seen that you struggled with pornography in the past and the Lord has delivered you. Share with us what that experience was like and um, the individuals besides yourself that it may have affected and how the Lord um, delivered you from it, like the different steps that you took. Yeah, sure. So um, for me, I was introduced to pornography in the 90s when I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. All right. So 10 years old, went over to uh, hang out with a friend over at his house. We had a bunch of us, like four or five of us all in the neighborhood. And we would hang over his house, sleepover type thing, had the VHS. There's pornography. Nobody had any issue with it. We didn't think it was anything wrong. We young, we kids, you know, we just, oh, there's nothing to do. So we watched it. That was my introduction to it. Was at 10 years old and so from 10 years old up until now introduce computers the internet right and so i i become pretty much addicted to pornography i want to say from the age of what 16 so this is right when i got saved like right when i got saved i got addicted to pornography mm-hmm. um 16 15 16 all the way up through my mid-20s mm-hmm. I, I was pretty much i had to watch it like i i couldn't not what well, i had to i was addicted Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, it was either every day or every other day. Now, mind you, I'm saved. So in that time period, when I'm doing it, I feel absolutely 100% horrible. The Holy Spirit is beating me up. Yeah. I'm talking about, I feel terrible, but I, I was, I, I was, I had to go back and I had to watch it again. So I was addicted to it those, those years. Um, and I would say that it was only because I had finally gave myself over to God in a way because I was trying to be with somebody because I always wanted to be like be with my woman my girl whatever and be married but you know it didn't work out so I figured I'm gonna be with this one and that didn't work out 
So then I was like, okay, well, let me call this one who are my backup. And then she said, no. So I was like, you know what? I'm done. And so I, I cried out to the Lord. I said, I'm done with this. I don't want anything else to do with sex. I don't want nothing to do with uh, pornography. I don't have nothing to do with no girl. I just know God got a wife for me. That's all I know. And so I'm going to stick with that. And I cried out to the Lord, sobbed, worshiped him, and, and felt a true burden lift off my shoulders of wanting to have any desire for anything sexual at all. And anything in a woman at all. I just knew my wife. I saw I literally walked by faith from that point on in my mid to late 20s, all the way till I met my wife. And I just walked by faith. I said, forget it. I'm done. And that's what happened. And so the Lord strengthened me to be able to do that. My passions and my desires changed that day. I no longer desire anything sexual, sexual, immoral, or sexual that that's sexual that doesn't glorify God because I knew my wife would be better. I just trusted. God for that situation. And so that was how I got pretty much delivered from the bondage of pornography was just going through my lowest moment of making one bad decision after another. Mm -hmm. And then just saying, God, I, I can't do this no more. I'm done. And okay. so that that allowed me to be free and walk in freedom. Well, that's beautiful that, you know, sounds like the Lord just delivered you instantaneously, you know, um, well, I had to go to my lowest point to get right. to the deliverance. You know, it was it was really a hard thing. And if I can, I talk more about pornography, though, and what also as I got. Yeah. So just talk a little bit more about pornography. So as I got free from it and then walked, you know, and got, got married, all kind of stuff. Now I'm getting to the truth of pornography and what it really literally is happening when you watch pornography. So when you watch pornography, it's releasing a, a large dose of dopamine. Dopamine is the drug in your brain that tells you something is pleasurable, something is good, you feel good, right? It could be sugar, it could be whatever, right? That's what dopamine is. So that's that's normal. But when you watch pornography, it releases way too much, way too much. It's an overstimulation. And so now, because that's happened to you, your body is telling you, you must feel more. You, got, you need more of that release. And so you go back. And so that's where the addiction happens. And people don't realize they're addicted. I just talked to somebody the other day. He's like, yeah, man, I'm not addicted. I only watch it four times you know, a week. I'm like, and he started laughing because he knew he was like, yeah, yeah, that, that's a lot. You know what I'm saying? Four times a week. So he didn't realize he, he won't tell himself addicted, but he is because he keeps going back. And so that dopamine release is what keeps you coming back. Now with pornography, though, you want something that's more exciting mm -hmm. than the last time you watched it. So mm -hmm. now not only are you going back, to get that dopamine release, you're now going back to get something that's going to give you a more excitement. So you're going to watch some other crazy pornography, something nuts, some type of really immoral thing that you shouldn't be watching. And it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse, leading up to stuff like child pornography, uh, bestiality, you know, whatever, whatever, it, whatever it may be, something way off the, like, you shouldn't be touching at all. And that's what happens to people. I thank God I didn't get that far. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. I was free before I got that far. But that's what happens. And people tell themselves, no, no, I'm not addicted. But you are. It changes your brain and your chemistry in your brain to the point where you have to go back. So I found that out. I was like, OK, I'm telling everybody. Like, I'm I'm making sure everybody know, like, well, you don't want to end up like this. This is what's happening to people in secret. Christians, too. So pornography has also been proven to ruin and, and destroy marriages a good portion and percentage of marriages have been ended because of pornography addiction. And again, we're not out here promoting that because it's so shameful, but that's the case. It's just, it's in the, it's in the numbers. Another thing about pornography, when you watch and engage pornography and you get into it and you start paying and it start being something you do, you are literally supporting child exploitation. You are supporting child uh, sex slavery because in those pornography videos, 
is those type of ideas and concepts or actual real, you know, raping of, of that type of, you know, say a young exploited girl or boy that's there. And you're actually helping that demand continue to occur. And so you're so again, going back to what we said earlier, you're not. Oh, man, I'm just watching. It's just me. What's right. the what's the harm? No, 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 ever. If you are watching pornography, you are helping child sex slaves stay in the market. You are helping, you are perpetuating that, that market to continue to go on, destroying people's li- innocent lives. So I want to make sure I put that in there. Wow, I'm glad you did. I mean, sin is just so destructive. Like, I don't think we, we have a grasp on how depraved we are and how sin, you know, is just, it, it destroys, you know, anything yep. in its pathway. It's, yep. it's, it's if you sin once, if it's if you're doing one sin, it's it's gonna have a trickle effect on so many other things, you know. That's the power of it. Yeah, and so we have to be wise in that. What do you, what do you say to um, like you know, say a gentleman that or or even a female, because we as women have struggled with porn too. I know I have. Um, yeah. That you know, like like I said, for you, Holy Spirit, you cried out to him, you were at your lowest and, you know, you were instantaneously delivered. You know, what do you say for people that are crying out and they're still, you know, still have this stronghold and still, you know, being drawn back? Yeah. And that's and that's real because I was there. I've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say to you is go to go to one, first John one nine. First John one nine gives us an opportunity to see the goodness and faithfulness of God to his children, specifically for Christians. Mm-hmm. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous so that he will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. That, that verse right there gives us a hope and a promise that God has provided for us that if we fall into sin, there has to be a confession. Mm-hmm. There has to be you have to authentically and truly go before God in repentance to him and to others. You need to tell other brothers and sisters that you can trust, obviously, not people that's messy and so on, people that you can trust, somebody that's stronger in the faith that you, that you can go to and say, you know what, man, I've been watching pornography and I keep wanting to go back and I know it's against God's. Can you pray for me? I know it's not God's will for me. Can you pray for me? Can you keep me accountable? You need to do that. If you keep it to yourself, if you say, man, I'm just struggling and I'm going to keep praying and I'm just going to struggle, you know, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, then you more than likely that thing is going to eat you up and it's going to keep you from the goodness and the graciousness of God that, and the purpose of God that God has for you to live out because of the shame and the guilt, right? You can't move forward, right? Because that shame and guilt is just weighing you down. And so this verse is a key verse to go to if you're struggling. You have to confess. And when you let that thing out and be authentic and real with it, the way you are, repentance happens. And it says that he is faithful and righteous. You don't have to really do It's not like, man, I got to clean myself up. I got to stop watching this porn. That, I told you, for me, it was, my passions changed once I, let, I gave the burden I was carrying over to God. And I allow his faithfulness and his righteousness to do the removing and that and then the forgiving. So it says faithful and righteousness so that he will forgive our sins. So the forgiveness is already done in Christ. He did that on the cross. It's done. But that thing that's keeping you away from understanding and, and walking in that forgiveness, it needs to be given to the Lord. It has to be given over so you can experience what forgiveness truly is. You can't carry the, the, the pornography struggle and think you've forgiven it's gonna it's gonna keep clashing 
So you have to allow God's forgiveness to be to be real in your life. And then it says, cleanse us from all unrighteous. So there is a way to be cleansed and walk in freedom. No Christian should be in a state of constant struggle on something like we're going to struggle in life. We're going to have issues, we're going to stumble, but you shouldn't be in a con. You have no victory over a sin. No, you do in Christ, but you can't walk in until you allow him to cleanse you from all unrighteous. And that starts with what? Confession. So that's what I would say to someone who is kind of, you know, struggling in that pornography fight. And it's, it's many of us. The statistics show is a great portion of the men in the, in the by Christ and some and some women, obviously. But men are definitely struggling in the church. Christian men who profess Christ with this thing. And I keep trying to tell brothers and sisters, you have to confess. You got to be open with it because mm-hmm. Satan keep that bondage on you. Your flesh keeps you in guilt and shame and you you can't move forward without that confession. Exactly. Thank, and thank you for that. Um, the exegesis of First uh, John one nine. <laughs> oh yeah, you all head in now. But uh, you're right, and you know, and two remembering First um, Corinthians, I think it's ten thirteen. Um, no temptation, temptation has overtaken us except what is common to man. And God is faithful; He will not allow you to be tempted beyond right. what you can bear. So what we go through in our temptations is common to man; it's not something that no one else has been through. So we don't right. have to walk in shame and guilt and condemnation. And that's what the enemy wants us to do. But that's also the importance that when James talks about confessing your faults to one another so that you may be healed, you know, but so God, I think has a way of humbling us in that too, because when we're choosing not to confess is pride, basically, you know, and so I found that when I am struggling in a sin that I don't really want to tell anybody about, but when I do just the freedom and the release that comes from it, because when you have humbled yourself, it feels good. You know, it takes a lot to do it when you're walking in pride. But once you do, it's like a release and some and peace because you have been walking in pride and you stifling the Holy Spirit. And you're not able to experience that peace that you need to because you are walking in pride and not confessing, you know. So we have all of that. And so just just keeping that in mind, too. Um, so, yeah, thank you for sharing all of that. Um, and then let's go to transgenderism. What what um, what do we say? Or, yeah, what do we say to those that, um, you know, profess that they, you know, were born males and now I feel like I'm a woman or I'm going to be a woman and, you know, the parents that may support this because it's like I want to support my or the Christian parents, I should say. I would don't expect that much out of the world, but as a Christian parent to say, you know, um, this is the way God made my child. I'm going to support my child regardless, you know, even being a believer. Yeah, I would say basically going up against the truth, the established what we talked about earlier, what God established a man and a woman to kind of to push back on that is to say that God didn't know what he was doing. Right. So as a Christian, you're you're basically joining the unbelievers and those who hate God, haters of God, who we used to be before we got saved. You're joining back with them and shaking your fist at God and saying, look what you did to my son. He should have been a, a, a girl. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make sure I'm going to do what you didn't do. I'm going to support and do what you didn't do. And I'm going to make sure that he feels like he, like he feels like a girl. I'm going to make sure that happens. Mm-hmm. That, that's essentially that is that's open rebellion to your creator. OK, for a Christian, like for an unbeliever, again, you can't expect but for a Christian, that's open rebellion. And so that is where you have to start at. That's the mindset, you know, is you're joining to be an enemy of, of God with those who hate God. 
And so um, you have to start with the truth. If you have a child, you have a, a, a you know, a, a son, a daughter who says they feel this way or something like that, you give them the truth. Right. A feeling comes and goes. But if you're, you're loving him the absolute most when you tell him the truth of God, it's not your opinion. See, if you give him your opinion, well, I think that, you know, if you feel this way, that is fine. But if you love them the absolute most, mm-hmm. you tell them what God has said about them. Amen. They're going to respect you for that Amen. because you didn't lie. You didn't give them some, you know, they're going to respect you for giving the truth. They may not want to hear that. Again, people go off feelings. Feelings are going to come and go, especially for a child. Child mm-hmm. can think Batman one day and think they're right. a butterfly the next day right. or a superhero, whatever. I mean, it's a child. Mm-hmm. You give them the truth. You, you know the difference between imagination and their actual identity. If they're talking about their identity, you love them by giving them the truth graciously. Now, if it's actually a mental condition and something they actually struggling with and they, they can't break free from it, we need to, that needs to be prayer. That needs to be uh, going before the God's you know, spiritual warfare, uh, intercession. You need to be going to God, giving them the truth of God, giving them the gospel. You don't, you don't just give in and say, well, that's what it's going to be. Then, right. you know, we just going to go with it. And that's what's aside. So I'm being a good parent. No, you're, you're actually, you're actually love, you're hating your child. You're not loving them. You're hating them by not giving them the truth. That's actual hatred. That's like the Bible talks about discipline. Those who children, people who don't want to discipline their kids is actually showing that they hate them. Right. That's, that's Proverbs, right? So that's that's that godly wisdom says if you love your child, you give them the godly discipline. You tell mm-hmm. them the truth mm-hmm. and love them through it. If they hate you because as they get older, then that's just what's going to happen. But you stand before God with a clear conscience and you know that you did what you had to do as a godly parent. And you instill them the truths of God and you love them through that. And if y'all just dis- disagree and fall out, y'all disagree and fall out. You just keep loving them with the truth. You know, not loving them with lies. <laughs> You're not. That's like saying Satan is loving on us by telling us abortion is health care. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a lie. Right. So th- is that loving? No, it's a lie. It's destructive. It's the same way when we try to act like we're doing some great service or some great justice or something great by telling our son that oh it's okay if you feel like you're a girl right same thing amen amen thank you for that and what what about when um when you know the question is asked or or um we're asked to as believers uh call someone by their pronoun they're they're oh. wanting to call them by their pronoun same thing with what i just said it's the same oh. thing you you right. stick by the truth you, mm-hmm. you say what the truth is. It's, again, you're not loving them by calling them something they're not. That's mm-hmm. a lie. Mm-hmm. So, so as Christians, we know the truth is Christ. Christ is the embodiment of truth. He mm-hmm. is truth. Right. So if he is truth and you call yourself a follower of Christ, what you look like lying to somebody and tell them that's love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's Don't right. <laughs> it, and it's funny because I heard a pastor say that one time. He actually, I think, did a message about it, you know, um, about calling um, transgen- someone that's transgender tra- transgender by their pronoun out of respect and possibly being able to make peace and be able to share the gospel. So that was the motive behind, you know, calling them by their pronoun, you know, not not want to lose that gospel opportunity. Gospel opportunity will always be come with the truth. I can't I can't butter you up and then try to think I'm going to give you this hardcore truth about sin. Like, man, you just lied. You just told me you just called me what I wanted you to. And later on, I'm going to find out that, that was a lie because I wasn't what you called me. Mm-hmm. But you called me that anyway. So you can give me the truth. No, right. 
you you have to lovingly and respectfully speak the truth in love, right? You have to lovingly and respectfully find a way to say, hey, I understand that you, you know, identifies this. That's that's one way I understand. Mm-hmm. You're not agreeing with it. I understand. Mm-hmm. I understand this is what you you call yourself, you know, but I want to make sure you understand there is a creator Amen. that has a design, a purpose for you. Mm-hmm. And that original purpose is what is truly where you're going to find everything that you are is found in him. Right. See, you got to find and you got to let the Holy Spirit guide. You can't use no strategies. You know what I'm saying? You try to sometimes strategies. OK, but sometimes you use strategies like I'm going to respect them and then I'm going to come back behind it. You know, sometimes that may backfire on you. That might not work. But right, if you just right. let the whole, you be honest and truthful, you can't lose because that's the think about what would Christ do? Would, would Christ take the time to call a man a woman and then say, if I call him a woman, then I can then tell him the truth of the gospel of the kingdom message. And it's really manipulative if you if you think about it. Right. <laughs> it's, it is. it's not coming from a, a real intent. You know the truth. Right. So you don't try to. Weasel, you know, like, so I mean, amen. Gotta gotta speak the truth, man, in love, and let God let God do the rest. If they blow up on you, no, you 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 know they call you names, call you a big. Let it be. Say, you know what? That may how you be, how you feel. I love you. I pray you come to the truth of Jesus Christ. Amen. You just let God handle it. Salvation is of the Lord. (laughs) And and we have to remember that, you know, salvation is of the Lord, not our gimmicks, not in, you know, how eloquent or just, just now, don't get me wrong, of course, speak the truth in love, but um, it's not like, it's not contingent upon how we um, decide that we want to kind of manipulate the situation. It is of the Lord. Well, brother, I have thoroughly enjoyed this episode. You've been on here preaching, okay? <laughs> Listen, the Lord ain't used you. How, how it come out? <laughs> <laughs> well, you could tell it's, it's most certainly Holy Spirit inspired. Um, do you have anything else to share with us regarding any of these topics that we discussed? I mean, you guys can get a lot more of this on my uh, Twitter page. I do um, a lot, speak a lot about this because, like I said, I was I came out of pornography addiction, so I speak a lot about it. Um, speak about sexuality because I was sexually immoral before God saved. So, you know, I speak about it so others can see there is freedom. And so um, you can follow me on my Twitter page, um, you know, at Living God's Truth. And um, I'm on there. You can go there as well. I have a, a website for uh, God First Life Second, GodFirstLifeSecond.com. That's a that's essentially, a, 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 I want to say a community. It's a community that I started with my wife, just kind of starting to use t-shirts and anything that we can to have a message that points people to God and points people to Christ and encourage your own self mm-hmm. um, about who God is and the truth of God. Because today we have to be able to contend the faith we say we believe in. 66% of Americans say they're Christian, but are they able to explain the gospel? Are they able to say something about this God that they say they've been saved by that changed their whole entire life? Can, can you describe his characteristics? Can you, you know, so these, these messages on our shirts were, is a way to basically say hardcore, this is about God. Life is about God. There is nothing outside of him. So um, that, that's GodFirstLifeSecond.com. Just spelled all the way out. You can go there. You can see the gospel in there. You can see the story of me and my wife and how we started, you know, how our journey of how we, we are now and how God has used us. Um, and then also, also you go on there, you'll see Instagram, YouTube, all of that stuff, all that's on there. So yeah, go, go, go check us out and, and check out what we're about and, and, uh, join the community. 
Awesome. And if you have a, did you mention your podcast? Yeah, I do have a podcast. Yeah, a podcast is basically on Anchor FM. It's the same thing, God First, Like Second, spelled all the way out. Um, it's on Apple Podcasts, too, on Spotify, all of that. Um, got a new episode going up real soon, so check that out as well. Um, but no, it's been a joy being on here with you. This is great. This is a great discussion. It needs to be discussed more. More Christians need to talk about it. More Christians need to speak about these things in conversation and in their own lives with other people um, so people can be free from these things. Amen. Amen. Now, if you will, um, will you share the way to freedom? Yes, the gospel this is what this is all about, the gospel. So the gospel message is essentially this. We are all sinners before a holy God. God has created human beings in his likeness and in his image. And we decided to go against him and his will for our lives. And in that decision, we have all been a curse and, and under the fall. And now because of sin, because we've all broken his law, we need salvation. Uh, the curse, the curse for sin is the due punishment, which is eternal punishment, eternal damnation. We all deserve that place away from God because we all in without him, we hate him. We hate God. We hate our creator because we're in this fallen state. But God in his love and in his compassion and in his grace already knew what decision we were going to make. And before time began, already had a plan in place to allow sinners to come into a relationship with him, even though they are sinning. You know, we're sinning, you know, sinning right now. God allowed his grace is a gift of grace. And, a, and his mercy on the lives of those who will actually respond to the message that his son, Jesus Christ, stepped into eternity as God in the flesh, as God in the flesh, and stepped into eternity 2,000 years ago, took on flesh and allowed himself to be beaten, bruised, uh, 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 flesh ripped off his body, um, nailed to a cross, hum completely humiliated, completely humiliated and in that in that uh, being nailed to a cross, in that act that he took on the punishment and the guilt and the wrath of God that was due us, was due you and me, everybody here, we all deserve that wrath. Because remember, we, we chose to walk away from God, but he took on that punishment on that cross so that anyone who believes in him, who believes he was buried and he rose three days later, as the scriptures have, have said, that he rose with all power in his hand, defeated death, defeated sin, and now eternity, eternally will reign as God and king. Anybody who has faith that that has happened for them, that faith now brings you into salvation. And it's through that faith you now can walk out your salvation in Christ, experience relationship with him, no longer have the, reign, the domain of sin on your life. You're no longer in bondage to sin, but now have freedom in Jesus Christ. That is the love of God. Amen. And that is the message of the gospel. Hallelujah. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. And Amen. thank you so much for sharing that with us, John. I pray that someone does come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and that those of us that um, did hear um, the gospel message that are already born again were refreshed because it's always a blessing to hear. So again, I thank you so much. I pray you guys enjoyed this um, episode and feel free to reach out to me or John if you have any questions and grace and peace. I love y'all. Bye-bye. <laughs>